Welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. This is actually a post-game edition. Rutgers just finished uh, losing to Northwestern to fall to 3-4 and four on the season. Uh, welcome. I'm Bobby Darren here for Scarlet Nation. I'll be joined in a moment by Joe Chetta. Uh, we both took in the game. We'll give you our thoughts. Uh, wasn't a pretty game. Rutgers fell 21-7, to couldn't get much going offensively against the rush defense that came in as 126 in the nation out of 130 FBS teams. So uh, I'm going to bring in our man Joe Chetta to, to discuss this game. Joe, it wasn't pretty. Um, what's your initial take on what you saw today? Yeah, Bobby, how are you? Um, Good. Honestly, it just, it was kind of a, an eyesore, honestly. I mean, every loss is going to fall on the coaches. But uh, today, however, was the first time where I actually thought Rutgers was severely outcoached since the Ash era. Uh, there were so many mistakes in today's game, um, so many penalties, so many miscommunications with clock management. It was just hard to see, man. You know, and I'll, I'll you know, there a lot of issues and and. And afterwards, on on Greg Schiano's post game conference, he took responsibility for it. But I'm not ready to throw the head coach over to Coles yet. Um, he just, you know, you, you have a lot of guys down today. You have Aaron Krushank's not in the game. You also are missing uh, Avery Young. You're missing Raquan O'Neal. Uh, you're missing a lot of different guys, and it's just, you know, it's tough when you don't have depth at this point of the season. You're just you know, you're reaching for, for guys that, that aren't really starters. I mean, Najee Jones, you saw him miss that tackle. You know, that's not a guy that should really be out there starting in these Big Ten games. Um, you're starting to see some of the young guys come on, I think, a little bit. But, uh, you know, you're seeing the product of seven straight Big Ten games, three of which came against top ten teams. Mm-hmm. Um Rutgers just, you know, in the beginning of the year, I said, you know, it could be a good season if injuries don't really hit them. And it just seems like they can't they yeah. can't get that injury uh, a monkey off their back, so to speak. You know? No. Yeah, I know. I mean, they just look tired today, Bobby. Yes, um, good point. I mean, I just think that uh, with a bye week coming up next week, I think it's a good time to recharge the batteries here, kind of get it going, watch some film, do everything they can just to just get healthy. I mean... I mean, Raekwon O'Neal will probably start um, after the bye week, so that's good for them. But just losing, I mean, today was an indicator of losing Reggie Sutton and O'Neal today really hurt that offensive line. You know, I wanted to ask you about that. You have a background in the offensive line, you know, coached at the high school level at that position. Um, You know, what's going on there? I mean, they're trying so many different combinations. Is at this point just throwing something at the wall and hope it sticks? Because it's I mean, I was tough, like you said, tough to watch. This is this is a a Northwestern team that was given up. I I, I don't know the exact figure, 250 yards or something coming in per game. And crazy. And Rutgers ran three out of the four first plays were passes. And I'm like, what's going on here? You're playing one of the worst run defenses in not just the Big Ten in all of college football. So. They're throwing the ball automatically. They're coming in saying, wow, you know, our guys, you know, we don't have confidence that this is going to happen. Isaiah Pacheco had 13 carries for 15 yards. I mean, that's an abomination of a stat line, but you can't really pin that on him because there, there was nowhere to go. Now, yeah, I mean, Bobby, when you convert these defensive linemen into offensive linemen, I mean, they need three, four years. I mean, you're you're putting Brandon Bordner in with a year of offensive line experience. He's starting at, at left tackle. You have Ireland Brown coming in. He just made the switch this year. He started at left guard today. I mean, there's just so many struggles. I mean, 
these guys don't have the build to withstand that Big Ten schedule that mm-hmm. they're facing each and every week. So, I mean, it's it's really hard to pinpoint one thing. It's just a whole collective offensive line unit that just isn't big enough, isn't strong enough, isn't fast enough right now. And, you know, a guy like Colin Pierce is probably a year away. Uh, you know, they cut all the weight off him, but they, they didn't really get a chance to build him back up. And I, I think you're really seeing some of that today, uh, his inability to keep up with some of these these pass rushers. Uh, you know, it's almost like they're forcing him into action prematurely because they have no one else. What else did you see from that unit maybe looking, you know, in between the lines and the finer details that, that really, you know, hurt Rutgers from, you know, the intricacies of that O-line play, I should say? Yes. Yeah, so what I noticed, uh, especially from Pierce and from Borner, the two bookends for that offensive line, was that they were constantly getting beat um, off the ball with that speed rush that that Northwestern had and that mm-hmm. rip move. And, and they just kept on getting to Vigil, getting to Vigil all day. And uh, it just kind of seemed like a culmination of just tiredness, um, just the, just the inability to really. Uh, honed down that speed rush that was kind of getting to them. And then with the interior offensive line today, I mean, Northwestern just seemed bigger up front. I mean, they couldn't really withstand their blocks. I mean, Troy Rainey um, didn't really have a great day. He actually played well against Michigan and decently enough against Ohio State. But today he just looked kind of slow and, and tired today, Bobby. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is a grind. You talk about the Big Ten season, these big guys leaning on you every week. They didn't have a bye. Greg said after the game um, that, you know, some guys are playing with things that are very uncomfortable, meaning that, you know, some of these guys with adequate depth probably wouldn't have played today. And, and you have to rush Bo Melton back. You don't bring Bo Melton back. You don't have a touchdown today. I mean, this guy single-handedly yeah. on that 97-yard drive made two fantastic plays on passes that weren't really greatly thrown balls. Um, but, you know, he comes back for that 46-yarder, um, has enough separation and just destroying a defender that, that he can afford to wait on it. And then waiting on that pass in the end zone, that was the thing of beauty, the way he extended and kept his feet in bounds on a pass that shouldn't have been that far. You know what I mean? Yeah, Bobby. And, and on a first glance today, I mean, he was literally, uh, Bo Mellon was literally open almost every play. I mean, if Vigil had some time today and he trusted his arm a little more in the vertical passing game, he could have easily gone over 200 yards uh, receiving today. Well, the good news is Rutgers has a good quarterback waiting in the wings and Gavin Wimsett. But the bad news is I don't think uh, Tom Brady can make those throws <laughs> without adequate blocking. You know what I mean? It's just... You, you have to find a way to solidify that O-line. And, you know, I was talking to incoming freshman Kobe Asamoah last week, and he's a guy with the size that can come in and play right away. I, I don't know, you know, how he, he's going to um, absorb everything and how quickly he'll adapt, but he'll be here in January. And, you know, you look at him, and he looks like a college offensive lineman. You know, you might have to fast-track a guy like that. And then hopefully that Rainey and Pierce really develop over this year. But, um, you know, Shiano also had an interesting quote. He said, I said in the beginning of this year, we're going to go as far as our offensive line can take us. And, and I think you saw today what that is. Yeah, Bobby. And, you know, I mean, I'll be a little biased here with the offensive line. I mean, freshmen coming into – their freshman year playing football. I mean, it's so hard to start early. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, these guys have to worry about leverage and blocking angles and just pad level and things of that nature. And just all these designed pulls and traps and things of that nature. It's just so hard to start as a freshman. I mean, Kobe does have a decent chance with 
how the offensive line has played over the course of the seven weeks of the year. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's going to take some time, I think, for this uh, uh, these new linemen to come in and get acclimated to the college game. And, and good point. You know, since I started covering the team in 07, uh, not counting last year when Brian Felter started, uh, the only three that I recall starting as true freshmen on the O-line were Anthony Davis, Art Forst and Caleb Johnson. And all of them, I mean, Forrest and Davis, four stars. Davis, the the highest draft pick ever for Rutgers. Mm -hmm. Caleb Johnson was a high three-star with like 30 offers. I mean, these kids were not normal kids coming in. They were, you know, and and this is going back to 07. So Uh it's it's a rarity. I mean, you you throw some guys. I might have missed one guy in the later years. But, you know, um, when Rutgers wasn't doing very well, I mean, it was just kind of like, hey, let's throw anybody in there that can, you know, kind of hopefully be a a piece of scotch tape for a game. Yeah, I mean, Bobby, I mean, these are 17 year old kids Mm -hmm. making the jump from high school to Big Ten football. Mm -hmm. There's a huge discrepancy in that. No matter which way you slice it, I mean. Those guys are anomalies. Um, I mean, they're they're going against 21, 22 year old grown men. It takes mm-hmm. time to to build your body really and to really just hone in that offensive line craft there. And you know, uh, uh, in the beginning of the game, um, Max Melton's back. He was practicing this week. He gets hurt in the first quarter with an arm yeah. injury. You know, didn't look too good. Uh, Greg Schiano said he didn't have an update on his status after the game, but you know, acknowledged that it kept him out the whole game. So it doesn't seem to bode well. But another game where it just seemed ominous from the start. You know, you come out against the worst rushing team and you're trying to throw the ball and you can't do that correctly. Um, and then you know you lose a guy like that. It, it just had that feel. It was it was you know I've sat through a lot of tough games. <laughs> to, yeah. You know, over the past 14 years, that was a tough one today. I mean, I, I didn't make the trip to Chicago, although, you know, Chicago's a fun city. I could have made it. It is great. That. But sitting, <laughs> sitting and watching that in a, in a three quarters empty Northwestern Stadium, which on homecoming, by the way, you know, um, it, it just it just wasn't it wasn't the greatest day. And, and, you know, this bye week can't come soon enough. Exactly. I mean, it was just tough from the start. But I will say. At the secondary did not play well today, but mm-hmm. La- Robert Longerbeam actually had a pretty good day. I mean, there was a blatant PI call that they did not call the referees. But mm-hmm. other than that, I thought he was their best cover corner all day. Um, I do have to go back and watch some of the tape, but it looked like from my initial reaction that he just continued to just improve and build on from last week. Um, I know Trey Avery, um, he struggled again today. I mean, there was a terrible call by the ref making that PI. Um, in the Northwestern's end zone. But, um, I mean, the secondary didn't really live up to their expectation from the beginning of the year. And uh, Ryan Halinski being the backup to start for Northwestern, it was just a tough sell for, for Rutgers fans to see that the secondary could actually improve. Well, and you're also without a lot of guys. I mean, you're minus Patrice Renee, you're minus Avery Young, yeah. you're minus Max Melton, you're minus Christian Broswell, who came in, was supposed to contribute. He's out for the season. Um, you're missing a lot of guys. And you see Elijah Clark starting to get work. And I, I, I think he's a guy that you'll see get more time towards the end of the season and you'll see him start to progress. And, you know, everything's coming at him a million miles an hour. But he's a kid, I think, who could really develop benefit from from these final few games of of playing time and really start to turn a corner next season i could see him as a starting corner along with with um max over there you know hopefully he gets healthy quickly but you know next year you know i could see those two being really solid corners you have desmond or igbenusen in the secondary 
And you have a guy like Shaquan Loyal who hasn't even played. He's been bitten mm-hmm. by the injury bug a little bit since training camp. So you have some pieces. And, and, you know, through these last five games, I'd like to see some of those guys come on. Um, some of them already started. You pointed out in, in one of your post, uh, in part of your postgame article was the Keontae Hamilton, you know, improving his play. What did you see out of him? He's a dog, Bobby. I'll yeah. be honest with you. He He is big. He's strong. I saw him penetrate that offensive line today at least – five or six times in the first half alone. Mm-hmm. I just think he, I mean, just having that size is just so big for Rutgers moving mm-hmm. forward. I mean, he's a wrestler, so he knew, uh, so he knows how to use his hands. He's very violent with his hands. That's key for being a D lineman, being violent with your hands there. And, and he's just making plays here and there the past three weeks. And um, I really think that he could build onto this week to, to next week and then future weeks and next year, he could be honestly a big time player for them. Yeah, I've you know, I think he's a three and out guy if everything goes right. And I, I, I know he's a big time wrestler, but I, I think in this offseason, you see what the potential is. You got to get in that weight room and and get stronger and quicker. And I mean, <laughs> the lines, good D tackles yeah. make a lot of money, Joe. They, oh, they yeah. get good paychecks. They make more than I do. <laughs> you and I both, man. <laughs> you know, so um, so so the bye week comes, and and, and I know it, it's a sour taste for fans, but you know you have Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. you take a week to get get a little healthier. You take some time to to try and regroup. They can win this game against Illinois. What's your thoughts on that? They definitely can. I mean, it's kind of I don't know who's going to start for Illinois. Either it's Peters or Sikowski. It might be a revenge game for Sikowski here. But you know what? I mean, Rutgers is going to recharge. They'll get some guys back. Hopefully they get Max Mellon back, and maybe it could be another win to stop this four-game losing streak going on here. You know, and if they do see Sitkowski, you say revenge game, but this this staff knows Sitkowski and what Mm -hmm. his weaknesses are. I mean, if I'm Illinois and I'm looking at that Rutgers game – I'm not too happy about Rutgers having a week off and Greg Ciano having an extra week to game plan for a quarterback who he knows very well. Um, I think he could do a lot of good things defensively to really confuse him. As we saw when Art was at Rutgers, you know, he just had problems sometimes processing things. So mm-hmm. they could do a lot of things to, to really, you know, try to confuse them. And don't, don't get me wrong. Art's going to be out for blood too. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. um, like you said, revenge game. I mean, he's a nice kid and, and I, I, he's not the type of kid that's, that's you know, uh, you know, wishing ill will on anyone. So I, I, I wish him success in, in all he does. He's always been a great kid but um i think there'll be a little extra juice there if he's the starter but um you know beyond that you you do have some tough games you know wisconsin's still going to be tough penn state obviously going to be very tough oh yeah Uh but you also have uh maryland in there and indiana you're you know they're playing michigan state tough today they're they're still going to be tough too so you know if you can win one or two more games i think it'll be a successful season agreed bobby um i mean i I feel like we set the benchmark at five wins, six wins this mm-hmm. year. I mean, it's it's a tough four-game losing streak right now, but you got Illinois, you got Maryland, like you said. I mean, this team just needs to find an identity on offense. Their defense isn't bad. I mean, they have playmakers all around with 03 and Turner, um, mm-hmm. Max Melton. Uh, Abraham actually played very well today, too. Um, but I just think that they just just need a break, just need a break. Just recharge. They'll they'll be fine. They're gonna play Illinois tough in two weeks and possibly be four and four back to five hundred, and then mm-hmm. we'll see where the season takes us from there. 
And, you know, we knew it was going to be a big rebuild. This was a team that Greg Schiano inherited with three wins in two seasons. That's two full seasons, three and yep. 21. Uh, no Big Ten wins. He inherited a team. They, they beat Liberty, UMass, and Texas State. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, I think everybody got kind of, you know, with that Michigan game, everybody's, you know, expectations got a little heightened. But one thing I, I learned from watching this team in the beginning, you know, through training camp, there just wasn't the depth there to sustain a grinding, grueling, you know, injury riddled season. And I think that's starting to show itself. So hopefully this bye week can help out a lot of guys and, and they can get healthy and, and really, you know, try to put their best foot forward. I don't think anybody will complain in a close loss if they play smart, tough, hard nosed football. But, you know, that game today, I mean, you just saw a lot of. Uh, it was just it was just ugly. So without yeah. reliving each quarter, you know, I, I think it's, you know, safe to to just reemphasize this is a rebuild. Yeah, I mean, it's 100 percent a rebuild. I mean, this is year two. We're not even done with year two yet. I mean, this is going to Chris, uh, coach Chris Ash did not leave uh, Shiano with a lot. So, I mean, fans got to be patient here. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a long rebuild. I, they're going to get there. I mean, the 2022 class mm-hmm. is strong. And then hopefully they build on that with the 23 and 24. But you just got to be patient at, as a fan, fans right now. So Yeah, well, good news is this week we'll, there'll be a bye week. We'll still have Rutgers football coverage just as we do all year round. But, you know, was it uh, big uh, Rutgers Media Day talked about everybody on the team there, Steve Peichel, TJ Thompson. Uh, so we're going to have a ton of basketball stuff for you this week as well. So we'll keep it coming. Joe, I want to thank you for your time. Um, you can visit us again always on the 24-7 Scarlet Nation message board um, roundtable. For, for Joe Chet, I'm Bobby Darren. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Bob. 